0: But most importantly, I hope the following episode inspires you to take the next step forward in your faith journey this week. Enjoy.
1: We're so grateful that you're here today. I I mean that. Um, There was uh, so much discussion and debate about how to do this and whether we should do this. And I know for some of you, we are not here early enough. And for some of you, it's too late. And some of you feel like we that we should have been doing this a long time ago, but we're really grateful that you've been uh, consistently generous to our church, consistently, consistently generous to this community. And I mean this, if you're here for the first time and you're still trying to find your way, trying to figure out what church is gonna be your church, or maybe even trying to figure out if church is even for you, We just wanna let you know that you're surrounded by a phenomenal group of people right now, and I can't think of a better church in the world to be a part of than Buckhead Church. So thank you so much for being with us. Uh, It's spring, spring has sprung. Every spring Easter rolls around. Uh, Every spring we get new flowers, March Madness, an insane amount of pollen, and Master's Week, uh, which is upon us and every year we get Easter which is really amazing. Uh, Last year we celebrated the empty grave with empty buildings. It was unprecedented. It was agonizing. It was brutal. It was devastating but we were still able to celebrate all that we celebrate at Easter. Easter's a, a challenge in some ways because you can't really start with Sunday. You've got to understand what happened on Friday. In fact. Last Friday, I was taking our sixth grader to school. I said, hey, you know, next Friday's Good Friday. And she asked, like many of you have asked, well, why do we call it Good Friday? Seems like we ought to call it Bad Friday. I said, you're not wrong. I can understand why you would feel that way. In fact, you're not alone in that. A lot of people think that as well. It's hard to understand how something so bad could actually be good. How could something so devastating actually be exactly what we needed? See, the brutality of Friday is that Jesus died, that Jesus was crucified. And and it's even hard when you open up the Bible and you go to one of the gospel accounts and when you go to the death of Jesus, it feels like it takes a while to get to the resurrection of Jesus. I can't imagine how long it felt from Friday to Sunday. This had to be miserable for Jesus' closest followers. So depressing. I mean, when my team loses, I'm sad. I can't imagine when everything that you poured your life into, you lose all of that. It had to be so much worse. All of the good that Jesus brought, the beauty that Jesus showed, the mercy that he offered, the kindness that he gave, the generosity that he compelled, the hope that he pointed to, all of it gone in an instant. I was talking with somebody about preaching on Easter and they said, what do you like preaching more, Christmas or Easter? I said, Christmas every day. Christmas is, it's all good. It's all fun. It's a cute little baby. God cramming all of his deity into a human form to come and be with us. It's all good. Peace on earth. Emmanuel, God is here. But to really celebrate and appreciate Easter morning you have to begin, you have to understand the crucifixion. You have to talk about death. And with all of these kids in the room, parents, I thought this was a great time for me to explain how death works. Is that all right with you? No, I'm kidding, I'm gonna leave that to you. You're the professionals on this, all right? I'm just an amateur. So I'm gonna leave you to explain how it happens, but I think we can all understand Death in some ways, none of us have experienced death. All of us are here, but we all know what death is like. Death is awful, death is the worst, and we've had dreams that have died and relationships that have died. We, we know what it feels like to walk into the kitchen and see one bite of cake, only to take the top off the cake and realize that your little brother ate the last piece. We all know what that's like. It's the reason why I don't like heights. Maybe for you, you don't like flying. Some of you are like, I don't do snakes. And if somebody pushes you on it, they're like, come on, come on. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's just flying. And you're like, no, people have died from flying. Same with me. I'm like, people have died from heights. It's why I don't like it. None of us really wanna experience death, but all of us, in a way, know what death feels like. Our our, our nine-year-old came home from school a couple weeks ago, Gave me this joke. He said, dad, I got a new joke for you. I was like, I'm all ears, let's go. And I was kind of hesitant to be honest with you because usually they're not that good, but this one, I was like, that's good. He said, if you're falling and your parachute doesn't open, the good news is you have the rest of your life to figure it out. (laughs) Chew on that one for a little while. That's the bad news. The bad news is that there is a Friday. The good news is that Sunday is coming But we've got to start with the fact that Jesus did die, but Jesus didn't stay dead. God brought, he brought him to life. That's the resurrection that we celebrate. I believe in the resurrection, not because I was told to believe it, not just because I grew up in a family that believed it, but I believe in the resurrection of Jesus because so many people saw it. There were eyewitnesses. There were firsthand accounts who then wrote it down, And what's so amazing to me is that if you were going to write down, if you were going to try to sell someone on this story, you would not have the people that showed up to the tomb at the very beginning, you wouldn't have them be the ones that showed up on the scene. We see a couple of women in the first century didn't have near as much value as we've given women as they should now, but in that day to be able to say, oh yeah, there were a couple of women that saw it, you're immediately discrediting yourself not to mention the fact that one of the women was Mary Magdalene, who I'm not even gonna try to explain to you what Mary Magdalene's profession was before she met Jesus. She got paid for what she did. She had experienced what it was like to go from death to life. But then there was Peter. Peter knew what it was like to go from death to life. He's one of the first ones to the empty tomb as well. The women go back and tell Their friends, you're not gonna believe this, the tomb is empty and Peter, he didn't walk, he didn't skip, Peter ran to the tomb. Despite the fact that just days earlier he had denied even knowing Jesus. He knew what it was like to go from death to life. I say all that just to say, hey, if you're wondering, is the church for me, is Jesus for me? The church, this church is for you. Jesus is for you. If you've ever woken up feeling dirty, if you've ever woken up with regret and shame, Jesus is for you. He died and he was resurrected for you so that you could know him and so that you could experience the miracle of going from death to life. My hope today is that you'd get to peek into the empty tomb today and that you'd hear Elton John, the circle of life echoing in the background because it's the death to life pattern that happens all over the place. This is what God does. It's not just something God did, this is something God does. He's constantly taking people from death to life, from death to life, from death to life. And so I wanna read you a little section out of what the apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. We're gonna read Ephesians 2 because this is one of those passages that talks explicitly about this miracle of going from death to life. And he explains how we get to share in this with Jesus. He says, but because of his great love for us, there it is, that God has great love for you. And because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy. When rich people look into their bank account, they find money. When God looks into his bank account, he finds mercy. He's rich in mercy and he made us, look at these words, he made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in transgressions. That we were dead in our sin But God didn't treat us as someone who was dead in their sin. God treated us as someone that he had great love for. In my uh, men's group that I'm in, we do a lot of groups around here, and I'm in a men's group, and one of the guys in our group suggested, hey, I think we ought to read Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. I read it when I was 19 or 20. I thought I'm 40 now. I'll probably see it in a new way. And so we've been reading it. Uh, Absolutely beautiful, amazing work by C.S. Lewis. And it's kind of an interesting concept because you've got this senior devil writing to this junior devil who's watching out for this guy, trying to make sure that this guy doesn't fall in love with God, doesn't get too fervent in his faith for God. And one of the things the senior devil writes in one of the letters to the junior devil, he says, hey, I don't want you to forget that the enemy, God, actually loves these people. It's hard to even fathom. He calls us, the word he uses is vermin, It's a British term. It's kind of a derogatory term. But he says, remember always that God, the enemy, really likes the little vermin and sets an absurd value on the distinctiveness of every one of them. I read that sentence and it just stopped me in my tracks that even the evil one knows God has this inordinate, unusual, amazing, hard to fathom love for his people. And he does, he has it for you. He's crazy about you. He loves you. And that can get so overused and overdone, but I don't want us to miss this, that because of his great love that he has for you and for me, that God made us alive, even though we were dead, took us from death to life. And then he gives this little phrase that gets sprinkled throughout this entire little section. He says, it is by grace that you have been saved. Grace. Something we don't deserve, something that we cannot earn. It's a gift. It's like someone just giving you a gift. But you get this choice. Do I wanna open it? He's not gonna force it on us, but we get an opportunity to open up this gift. And he says, and God didn't just do this one time, but he's doing this for eternity, that God raised us up with Christ. That he let us experience the resurrection and then he seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That he he allows us to experience not only his death and the forgiveness of what he paid for, but also the resurrection of his life and the victory that that gives us. Any of you ever play on a team or maybe you work for a company that experienced great success and you knew I didn't have a lot to do with this, but you got to participate in all of the benefit, all of the blessing of the good news of the good life When my uh, high school football team won the state championship when I was in 10th grade, I was thrilled. I got voted most school spirited. You would have thought I was on the team. I know you're looking at me right now being like, really, you weren't? Surprising, man. Yeah, I wasn't, Um, but I cheered like I had won the thing. I'd be wearing my school colors around the community. I'd walk into a store somewhere and they'd be like, hey, you guys won the state championship, congrats. I'd be like, thank you so much, man. We've worked really hard for this. It's been a really great year. We had a lot of obstacles, but really overcame a lot. I'm really proud of the boys. They did great, thanks. I mean, I owned it like it was mine. Some of you know what that's like. Maybe you've been a manager on a team and you still got the ring. Maybe you were on the team, but you didn't play and you still got the, the T-shirt, you still got the ribbon, you still got the trophy. This is God saying, hey, you didn't deserve to get celebrated, to join in with the resurrection, but Jesus is allowing us to experience this resurrection, that we get to join in and the fruit. We get to experience the blessing of it. We We get to enjoy the benefits of going from death to life. And he did this for a purpose. This is a purpose little phrase. Next verse says, he did this in order that in the coming ages, that's what we're in now, we're in the coming ages, that he might show the, I love this little phrase, the incomparable riches of his grace. There's nothing that compares to the riches of his grace, which is expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. That he's saying that God's gonna do this over and over and over again, that he's going to, in the future, continue to show off this death to life metaphor. That when we experience a dream that had died and God birthed something new, we're experiencing the incomparable riches of his grace. That when we have a relationship that dies, that we see be resurrected to life, it's the incomparable riches of his grace. When you see a golf round that has a really bad front nine, but it turns around on the back nine, it's the incomparable riches of his grace going from death to life over and over again. God is in the business of doing this over and over and over again. The resurrection is not just a historical event. Yes, it is a historical event that launched the faith that we stand in now, but it is something that God does over and over and over and over again, death to life, death to life, death to life. My hope today is that we would experience a taste of it today, that he's doing it in a physical way, that he's bringing people from death to life and allowing them to experience eternal life that transcends this life. But he can do it in your marriage. He can do it in your business. He can do it with your health. I don't know that he will. He has not promised to do that. But beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that every one of us can experience it in our spiritual life, in our soul, that we would experience a death to life miracle joining in with the resurrection of Jesus. He culminates this little passage with maybe a verse that maybe you've heard before. If you've grown up in church, you've probably heard it preached on before. If you haven't, this is something that we build what we believe on. Verse eight of Ephesians two, he says, "'For it is by grace you have been saved.'" It's by grace. You didn't earn it, you didn't deserve it. He says it's through faith, faith is the vehicle. Faith is the vehicle that we experience it, it's the way we open up this gift through faith, by believing in it, by transferring our trust from believing in me to believing in him, from believing in what I can do to believing in what he's already done, from believing in, I hope Sunday, maybe it will, if I'm lucky, God, God willing to know, Jesus secured it for me on Easter Sunday with an empty tomb, resurrecting from death to life. It's by grace you've been saved, through faith. And it's not of yourself, it's a gift of God. It's a free gift of God. And I hope today that maybe you'll choose to open this free gift of grace. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. It's not getting what you do deserve. We deserved death. Our selfishness, being dead in our transgressions, our sin, it deserved death. And Jesus took our death for us. And faith allows us to experience life. Believing in the resurrection, not just because it's true, I believe it's true, but I also love it because it's good. It's good for you, it's good for me, and it's a gift, it's a free gift. All you have to do is just open it, just accept it. So so let me recap. We started on Good Friday with the fact of the matter that Jesus died, but Jesus did not stay dead. God brought him to life. And in the same way, we all are going to die. Of course, there is this physical death, but it's also any loss of hope. Any loss of hope feels like a death. And during the last year, every one of us have experienced this in so many different ways. Maybe you didn't get to go to the school you wanted to go to, or maybe you weren't able to get married like you wanted to, or maybe you haven't gotten married and you were hoping to, or maybe you didn't have kids and you wanted to, or maybe, God forbid, somebody close to you or somebody near you got sick and died, But more often than not, change happens not because something new begins, but when something old falls apart. This is redemption, that God can bring life from death, that he can bring beauty from ashes, that he can bring something new from something that was old. And this would be easy if we only lived in Easter Sunday. But if you're in the middle of a season where you're facing the death of Friday, it's way harder to believe. It's way harder to have faith on Friday. In fact, none of Jesus' closest followers had faith on Friday. They all ran away. They all thought the dream was over. They thought the thing was done. They thought, oh, he's dead. I guess he's not who he said he was gonna be. But no, Jesus was just counting down to three and he was just going first. He was not only showing us the way, but he was paving the way for us. So when we die, we we don't have to stay dead, Jesus can bring us to life. So what I would love to encourage you to do, I would love to offer you the opportunity to do is would you be willing to die to yourself so that you can live in Jesus? Would you be willing to repeat the pattern, to die to yourself, maybe to admit you're dead so that you can live in Jesus? This is what love is. This is the call to love. Every time you love someone, you're dying to yourself. Every time you say no to what you want so that you can say yes to what the other person wants, that's love. That's what Jesus did. Every time you say, I want barbecue, but because I love you, we'll go get a salad, that is love. You're repeating the pattern of death to life, death to life. And it's why we need Jesus more than ever. Jesus moves people. From death to life. Jesus brings life from death. I'm I'm telling you, without the power of the resurrection, our church is nothing but a TED Talk and a rock show. But because of the resurrection, there is so much at stake. There's so much hope to be had. There's so much potential for the future that the shame of our past might be gone, that there might be a purpose in the present, that there might be a hope for the future because he didn't stay dead because of the empty tomb. And he's inviting you to join in with him in the victory parade. I don't know what kind of Jesus you believe in. The kind of Jesus I believe in was not a weak, Jesus. Jesus talked trash to death the whole way home. There's this little verse, this little chorus that the Apostle Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians 15. He says that Jesus is looking at death, going, Death, where's your victory now? You thought you had the last word on Friday, but it's Sunday now and I am alive and you have forever been defeated. Where, O oh death, is your sting? You thought you had a lot of power, but guess what? No, 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 no. I'm gonna get the last word. Love is gonna get the last word. Mercy is gonna get the last word. Grace is gonna get the last word. Jesus is the last word. And he's inviting you into his story. So would you die to yourself so that you can live with him? All you have to do is just tell him that. All you have to do is tell him, I'm sick of living for me. I wanna live in you. You know, preachers say things all the time like, uh, if you just open up your heart, he'll come in. But do you know what happened after Jesus was resurrected from the dead? He appeared to five people. Then he appeared to 50 people. Then he appeared to 500 people. And then he started just walking through walls, just showing off his power, showing off his arms and his feet going, Thomas, I know you doubt, put your hands in the scars. I'm alive, man, come on. And I'm telling you, if Jesus wanted to, he could walk straight into your heart. But he doesn't seem like he does it that way. No, he gives us the opportunity, the patience to invite him in because he wants it to be a free will decision on your part. So would you decide today that you're gonna die to yourself so you can live in him? Some of you have never done it before and I'd love to give you the opportunity to do that. All you have to do is pray and just tell him, God, this is what I want. I'm so tired of living for myself. I wanna live in you. So would you close your eyes? Would you bow your head? I'm gonna give you the opportunity to do something. And I, I, wanna, I wanna give you the opportunity to do something on the outside that might signify something that's happening on the inside. And so before I pray, I'm gonna lead us in a prayer, but before I pray, would you just throw your hand in the air if you wanna put your faith in Jesus today for the first time ever? If that's you, would you just raise your hand up? Awesome, I see a couple kids' hands. Anybody in the balcony that you want to put your faith in Jesus today? I see those hands. That's awesome. Anybody in the back, you'd say, Hey, today I want to put my faith in Jesus. I want to die to myself and I want to live in Him. Awesome. 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 Just join me in praying this. Father, I've tried. I've tried to make it on my own. I've tried to live my own way. I've tried to do it the way I thought was best. And I'm done. I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm broken, I'm hurting. I am dead in my transgressions. But because of your great love for me, God, you have made me alive with you in your resurrection. And I wanna believe in you. I'm putting my faith in you. I'm transferring my trust from me to you because you are who you say you are. And yes, you are true, but you are good. And as awful as that Friday was, that Friday was such a good Friday for me because it paid my debt, paid for my sin, forgave me of all the wrong that I've done, buried my shame, demolished all my guilt. And now I get to live free in you. Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Where, O death, is your victory now? Father, thank you so, so much for your grace, your mercy, your kindness, your forgiveness. Thank you for the life we have in you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, the resurrection of Jesus was not just a historical event. It's something God is doing over and over and over again, So I'd love to invite you, if you're able to, would you stand up on your feet? We're gonna sing one more song that just says just that, that God, this resurrection that you once did, it's something that you're still doing. You are still resurrecting us. And so let's celebrate that. I pray that this will be a moment where you'll experience the hope of the resurrection with whatever life is bringing to you today. Let's go.